The Tao of Self-Confidence, episode 547. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits. Well, hello, friend. Welcome to the Tao of Self-Confidence, where I share stories of amazing women who have discovered their inner journey to self-confidence. I'm your host today, Sheena Yap Chan, and today I have a phenomenal lady on the show today. She's a senior cardiologist and also a professor at Duke National University of Singapore, and I'm really excited to have her on and share her story with us today on self-confidence. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Carolyn Lamb. Carolyn, how are you today? Maybe you can fill in a little bit more about yourself to our listeners. Oh, I'm great, Sheena, and it's really my privilege to be on your show. So I think the most important thing about me is I'm the usual Asian brought up mother and working mother. I'm I'm what they call a clinician scientist, which means I'm a half breed of a doctor and a scientist at the same time. The doctor part of me is a cardiologist and I specialize in heart failure. And the scientist part of me is 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 a trialist. So I, my passion is with clinical trials, in other words, doing the clinical research that I hope may impact patients' lives, of course, for the better in the end. I suppose some of the more different things that I do is I also run a, I mean, I'm the resident doctor on a television show for health here in Singapore, and I run a weekly podcast myself. So I have to tell you, it's kind of uh, interesting to be on the receiving end of questions right now. It's it's a little bit nerve-wracking. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that, and I'm sure you'll do great. And Carolyn, what's your cultural background? So I, bo- I was born and bred in Singapore. So I am Chinese by ethnicity. My great-great-grandparents were from China. But for me, born in Singapore, did my whole primary and secondary education here. In fact, did medical school here in Singapore before I went, you know, to the U.S. and did my further cardiology training and, and specializing. And I, well did a PhD in the Netherlands. So in a sense, I feel like a bit of a citizen of the world, but uh, at the very core, Singaporean. Thanks for sharing that. And what would be your favorite self-confidence quote? You know, I'm, I'm going to keep it really simple. It's something that I learned <laughs> when I was lucky enough to be with this wonderful group of women in an Oxford Women Leadership session. And uh, one of my classmates shared this quote that I say to myself, and it's teeth and tits. <laughs> so I think it says it all, teeth and tits. So teeth meaning smile and tits meaning chin up and chest out. It's It may not be a quote, but it's something I do mumble to myself sometimes when there's self-doubt or when I, you know, have to do something that, that is particularly challenging to self-confidence. I just remember that group of wonderful women and us giggling and, and chanting teeth and tits, you know, and just put on a big smile, put on my power stance and just go for it. Uh, just remembering that at the end of the day, it, it really is about being myself, which means being the flawed me, being a woman, not trying to be a man, not trying to be anybody else, but myself. Thanks for sharing that. And I love that quote. I think it's a great 
<laughs> thing to say to ourselves and it's so true right like we just need to smile and you know put our chest up and it makes a huge difference the way you know we we put you know when, when we do something like that it just really does bring out the confidence in us so thanks for sharing that great quote if i could you know i mean there is even science behind that you know there is there is science behind biofeedback you know, when they say smile and the world smiles with you. I remember telling myself that even very young as a kid, you know, just try smiling at yourself in the mirror first thing in the morning and then smiling at the first person you see in the day. And somehow when you smile, it's very hard not to also start feeling positive about the day. So I, I try, but I'm, I'm flawed. And of course, the frowns also come across my face, but teeth and tits, ladies out there, teeth and tits. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And in your own words, how do you define self-confidence? I think it's when we know who we are and stop trying to be anyone else and stop trying to prove anything to anyone else anymore. It's a sense of inner peace. And, and that also means to me, it's a quiet type of confidence. It's one that doesn't need to shout out that you're confident, but it's a quiet awareness. Thanks for sharing that. And I love how you mentioned, you know, a quiet awareness because most people think being confident is you have to be loud and boisterous, not realizing like there's different types of being confident and you can be, you know, like an introvert and be confident at the same time. So I really love that you mentioned, you know, having that quiet confidence. And what was your life like before your discovery of self-confidence? Boy, where do I start? So, you know, growing up and undergoing the, well, the schooling system here in Singapore, I mean, I, I love my country. I, I know that it's made me who I am too. But I also have to say that it was a little bit difficult. For example, when I was in medical school, there was a strict quota on, on women. And in my class, only one in five were allowed to be women. So we're kind of, it just is an illustration of how we grew up. There's still that remnant of women being the ones taking care of the household. And so, you know, what's the point in educating her as a doctor when in the end she's going to have kids and stay at home? You know, it's that that sort of mentality that I grew up with. And I have to say I struggled with it even in my early days of working because I chose a specialty of cardiology that was very, very male-dominated. Well, as the first female cardiologist to join university cardiology, I, I, I loved my brothers. Don't get me wrong. They, they, they're great guys, but it was a bit lonely. And then there was the struggle because there is that older generation of Asians. And, uh, you know, it includes people I love and respect, you know, like, like my, my own dad and, and, and people who've grown up in that generation who, who, have a little bit of that women need to be seen and not heard. You know, there's there's that expectation. So so that was me growing up, which was tough. But all I knew at that time was that I wasn't happy. Something inside me just needed to scream out. That's all I knew. I couldn't articulate it more than that. And it was only when I went for my further training and I met my first female mentor, and her name is Dr. Margaret Redfield, and she completely changed my life because she was very much a mom and very much as well a, a world leader in clinical research, very much as well a boss in the department. And I saw how she could do that and all in a very, very polite way. There was no need to just keep quiet. 
And I really think that just shaped a lot of me. I learned, I think, during my training, therefore, at the Mayo Clinic, much more than medicine. I learned, I, I, I kind of came out <laughs> in that sense, you know, just learned to be comfortable speaking my mind, not not in any rude or defiant or disrespectful way, but, but how I could do all that and still be the respectful, demure, womanly, Asian person that I am, you know, how, how that could actually be coherent in me, that that really was the turning point. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And it's, it's great, you know, when one person, if it's possible for one person, it's possible for us, right? And like you mentioned, you know, the industry that you're in was heavily male dominated. Most of these industries are still pretty male dominated. Like, you know, I interviewed a woman who is a ballet dancer, and she says the ballet industry is still run by men. So it's amazing how something as feminine as ballet is still run by men, right? And then and it's just up to us to, to, to make that change, right? To be, you know, that person to say, hey, you know, like women are here too. We can make that change if we want to, like what you're doing in your field. And, you know, because of your realizations, what's your life been like now? It's, it's more peaceful, right? Because I'm basically living in integrity. And when I say that, I mean what you say and what you do is congruent with who you are inside. And, and I, I think that's just so key to being at peace and, and being happy. That's the main thing that's come of it. But I still struggle with the right balance. Let me explain this. Because much as I'm known to be the number one supporter of women, <laughs> and, you know, uh, I have lots of female mentees and get referred lots of uh, women who are interested in clinical research, I, I try to instill diversity even in my predominantly female team, you know, and keep telling the women too, hey, you know, maybe we need to balance this out and include some men. So I'm I'm trying very hard not to do a swing to the other end of the pendulum because I do believe that we, we all have our virtues and it's good to have diversity. At the same time, finding my voice and learning to believe in my voice, there's a very narrow line between that and then becoming, in a sense, you know, self-righteous or fixed in one's way so that you, you then don't listen or don't care about the external voices. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm still trying to make sure that I get that balance, that I'm still listening to the voices outside when I should while still paying good attention to the voice that's coming from inside. Do you know what I mean, Sheena? Oh, no, totally. I think that's something we all can deal that we all deal with, right? It's like, you know, sometimes our ego gets in the way and we think we know it all, but not realizing like, you know, there are people out there who are saying something that makes more sense or just like kind of hits you, right? And we just have to learn to be aware of our surroundings and you know, just having awareness constantly, right? That's, I think, the only way we can figure out if, you know, whatever we're doing is the right way or not. Even if it is the wrong way, it'll still lead us to the right way. But it's something that we work on every day. That's why confidence is just, you know, a daily, a daily, you know, journey, right? It's nothing like you have it and then you have it forever. There's days where it's not, you're not going to have it, right? It's up and down. It's a roller coaster. And the more we work on it, the more we can know ourselves and know if what we're doing, you know, makes sense or not, makes sense to us and just keep, you know, living our true selves. So yeah, I, I totally understand what you're talking about. Because, you know, I go through the same thing, right? Like yeah, just finding absolutely. that balance. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's when, you know, being careful that confidence is always, always balanced by humility. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Self-confidence and pride, where is that line sometimes? You know, self-confidence and ego, where is that line sometimes, you know? I think self-awareness, exactly like you said, but sometimes self-awareness is hard. We got to make time to do that, you know? And that's something that was never really emphasize or taught to me growing up. It was more the typical Asian go for every class I could possibly go for and be as busy as I could be. When when self-awareness and things like that actually require stillness and quietness. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I totally, yeah. I mean, schools never taught us to, you know, be aware of our surroundings or be aware of ourselves, you know, and I think that's like probably the biggest part of confidence is self-awareness like self-awareness is huge and I didn't even really know about it till about till about a couple years back so I mean you know I think a lot of people don't really understand like you know how important self-awareness is so I'm really glad that you mentioned that and you and I sister yep (laughs) (laughs) and Carolyn if our listeners wanted to get to know a little bit more about you and what you do and some of your work is there any links or social media profiles we can connect with yeah, so uh, Lam Cardio is my Twitter handle. I think that's that's about it, really, because the rest of it's all academic. And, and of course, uh, I love speaking through my academic work as well. And then all you'd have to do is search on PubMed or elsewhere for my publishing uh, name, which is Lam CS. So the S stands for Suping, which is my Chinese first name. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. And to our listeners, if you want to connect with Carolyn, you can also head on over to thetowofselfconfidence.com and search for Carolyn's name. Her show notes will pop up along with everything else that we talked about. And I'm really grateful for Carolyn today to come on the show and share her story and tips with us on self-confidence. So thank you so much. Thank you, Shana. Not a problem. It's really great having you on the show. And to our listeners, be on the lookout for another new episode of Another Amazing Woman's Journey to Self-Confidence. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Tao of Self-Confidence. Visit our website at thetaoofselfconfidence.com to check out cool resources, blog articles, show recaps, and so much more. Your inner journey to self-confidence awaits.